Everybody, welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Uh, open hailing frequencies. Hailing frequencies open. Oh, great! Hey, how's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, you ready to talk some Star Trek Voyager? Yeah, we're going to talk about Star Trek Voyager season one, episode thirteen, Cathexis. Uh, oh, original, that's how you say it. Original air date May first, nineteen ninety five. Oh, man. Stuck in the 90s still. Yep. Uh, Cathexis, for those who don't know, is the concentration of mental energy on one particular person, idea, or object. Hmm. I thought it was just some made-up word. <laughs> it's a psychoanalysis uh, term. Oh, okay. It's a very Star Trek-y word, too, so mm-hmm. it fits. So the episode begins with Captain's Log, as they do. Janeway's talking about how she wants to take a break from being a captain for a while, so she starts a new hollow novel. Uh, this one is what she says it's set in quote ancient England, which mm-hmm. for her it would be ancient England. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the Victorian era, looks like. She's playing a governess named Mrs. Davenport, who's tasked with uh, caring for the children of a guy named Lord Burley. And uh, Lord Burley, he's got some sort of secret. He doesn't want Janeway to go to the fourth floor of his uh of his, of his mansion, and uh, right as he reveals this, Harry Kim interrupts and he tells her that uh, Chakotay and Tuvok were on a shuttlecraft. The shuttlecraft is returning, but it's damaged, and uh, so she has Chakotay and Tuvok beamed to sick bay. In sick bay, the doctor tells Janeway, who, as I noted, still has her new hairstyle. Uh, that both uh, Chakotay and Tuvok have taken blasts to the head. Uh, Tuvok has a concussion, and Chakotay had his bioneural energy drained. Uh, so he's effectively brain dead. And uh, yeah, then the opening credits. When we come back, uh, Tuvok tells Janeway that they're returning from a trade mission when they encountered a dark matter nebula. While uh, investigating this nebula, a ship appeared and attacked them. Uh, the ship used some sort of energy weapon that disabled their ship and knocked out uh, Chakotay and Tuvok. Uh, fortunately, Tuvok was able to punch in autopilot before he passed out. So Janeway wants to go back to the scene of the crime. They want to go back to the Dark Matter Nebula. On the bridge, Tuvok says that the logs on the shuttlecraft are damaged. Janeway has been analyzing the nebula, but she can't get any readings. Uh, suddenly, the ship alters course, and they all look to Paris, because he's the helmsman, and he swears that he didn't he didn't touch anything. But uh, Janeway, she, you know, she goes, okay, I believe you, but hey, hey Harry Kim, you take over for a little <laughs> bit. In sick bay, uh, Torres is performing a healing ritual using a medicine wheel. Basically, these stones that are placed on this kind of mat on the wall. They're like magnetic, I noticed. Yes. Magnetic. It's like an advanced 24th century uh, or 23rd century uh, medicine wheel, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, the stones are signposts to point the way back for lost souls. 
she's explained this to the doctor, but the doctor already knows what's up with the medicine wheel. <laughs> he's got the entire Starfleet medical database. <laughs> Uh, but he says it'll do no good because Chakotay's mind is gone. But, you know, whatever helps. Yeah. So it's kind of like Neelix's lungs, by the way, I noticed. it's His brain isn't physically gone this time, but his mind is gone, I guess. Yeah, but they can't create a holographic mind. <laughs> holographic spirit or something. <laughs> In Kessa's quarters, uh, where, as I noticed, she has some sort of golden buddha-like statue there uh she's reading when she senses something some sort of presence uh there's a spirit in the room and we see from the spirit's point of view Kess goes to the mess hall to talk to neelix about what she sensed and neelix talks about uh you know previous experiences previous psychic experiences she's had on the bridge voyager's changing course again and Kim is locked out of the helm. Janeway asks Taurus who is in navigational control. Taurus says that Paris was there. Uh, Paris tells Janeway that he passed by navigational control on his way back to the bridge, but he didn't touch anything. And Janeway says, oh, yeah, I totally believe you, but you should go to sick bay anyway, just in case you're having memory issues. Uh, in sick bay, the doctor scans Paris. Uh, Paris tells the doctor about his childhood doctor, Doc Brown. I thought it was a Back to the Future reference, probably. Yeah, I was expecting that's where it was going to go. But no, he was an actual medical doctor. <laughs> right. Tuvok enters sick bay, and the doctor tells him that there's nothing wrong with Paris. Uh, Tuvok reveals that Paris's DNA was found on the console in navigational control, however. On the bridge, uh, Tuvok shows Janeway the ion trail of this enemy ship that they're trying to hunt down. Suddenly, Voyager's energy is being drained. Janeway and Tuvok rushed over to engineering, and uh, Janeway says that Torres initiated an emergency warp core shutdown. So... The strange things are going on, and people don't know why. So in sick bay, Taurus is being scanned by the doctor. Uh, Janeway and Tuvok enter. Uh, the doctor tells Janeway that the scans of Taurus and Paris reveal that a different memory engram appears in the brain scans at the precise moments when the ship is sabotaged. The doctor believes it's uh, another brainwave. He thinks there's an unknown alien entity that's taken over their minds. Uh, Janeway deduces that the alien is preventing them from going back to the nebula and that it can control any person at any moment. Except, as the doctor points out, you know, the doctor. He's a hologram. (laughs) Whatever this creature is can only affect organic beings. So Janeway transfers all command codes to the doctor for now. And he's a fail-safe in case the senior officers get jacked by the alien. As Janeway, Tuvok, and Torres are leaving sick bay, Kess runs up, and she somehow knows what's going on. Uh, she tells Janeway that she's sensed, or she's been sensing an alien presence. Uh, from the spirit's point of view, we fly down the corridor and see what they're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, clearly there's something weird going on. Uh, Tuvok offers to mind meld with Kess to focus her telepathic abilities. 
Kim is talking with a uh, yellow shirt, uh, for the lack of a better term. I don't know the guy's name, but he appears a lot in this episode. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that. I, I like had a little name for him, which was Contest Winner. <laughs> like, it, it really seems like he kind of won a role on the episode or something. Like, I've definitely never seen him before. I don't know if we're going to see him again. Yeah, but he's featured a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he walks right in front, you know, it's like in the front, walks in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's talking, uh, Kim's talking to this guy, and they go to a turbo lift, and they see uh, Tuvok and Kess unconscious in the turbo lift. In the conference room, the senior officers are talking about how the alien presence is affecting the ship. Paris suggests using the magneton scanner, but uh, he says, oh, it won't work because the alien could be anywhere. But then Torres says, oh, we can use the scanner to scan everything at once in a burst. And uh, Kim is spaced out during this uh, meeting. And, uh, yeah, they think that Kim could have been taken over by the alien being right then and there. But Janeway... It's quick to remind people, don't let paranoia take over. You know, we got to keep our heads about this. Uh, in sick bay, the doctor is scanning an unconscious Kess while Neelix talks about how various people are behaving differently. The doctor tells Neelix to stop being paranoid. Tuvok enters sick bay to reconfigure the sensors for the magneton scanner. The doctor tells Tuvok that Kess's bioneural energy is intact and that she has contusions on her neck and shoulder, which, you know, if you watch Star Trek, you know what's going on. Vulcan got, you know, neck (laughs) neck injuries. (laughs) Right. I mean, uh, if you're on a ship with a Vulcan, you would think you might think about that. But yeah, I mean, I immediately... Yeah. Oh, it's the nerve pinch. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, but for some reason they really draw it out. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tuvok enters Janeway's ready room and tells her that the magneton burst will make everyone disoriented once it's activated. That's a little foreshadowing there, by the way. (laughs) Uh, He tells her that the doc, what the doctor said about Kess's condition and how she was physically attacked. And uh, Janeway points out that Tuvok was not physically attacked and could have been taken over by the alien. Janeway wants the doctor to check Tuvok, uh, but the doctor's been deactivated by someone. And uh, with the doctor out of commission, the command codes default back to Janeway. And the the spirit could, you know, take control of Janeway now and take control of the ship. Uh So that's no good. Uh Uh-uh. So Janeway has the idea to split the command codes into two groups because, you know, the spirit can only possess one person at a time. She wants to give half to Tuvok for safekeeping. Because, you know, you can trust Tuvok. He's a trustworthy guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a Vulcan. I mean, Vulcans can't do any wrong, right? Yeah, it's, it's totally cool. The uh, the alien creatures on the bridge, uh, as Janeway is telling the crew about dividing the command protocol, uh, she suddenly stops and attacks Tuvok, but uh, she gets stunned with a phaser, and then the uh, alien being jumps over to Kim, and and Paris knocks Kim out. Then the the alien jumps into the yellow shirt guy. Again, I don't know his name. And uh, 
Tuvok uses a wide stun beam to knock everyone out on the bridge. In sick bay, everyone's being revived. Uh, Kim is working on reactivating the doctor. Torres calls Janeway and says there's something to show her in engineering. And Janeway makes Paris the temporary medic since the doctor and Kess are out of commission. So there you go. Paris is a doctor again. Finally gets to use his uh, his medical or what limited medical training he had. Yeah. I mean, you really have to wonder because after Kess took over, how much training has he had? Right, exactly. But, I mean, maybe he could, you know, follow some sort of medical guide. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he could probably ask the computer. It's the future, you know? <laughs> it's future Siri. Yeah, I mean, pretty much future Siri, a.k.a. Majel Barrett, a.k.a. the computer, I guess would be kind of super, super smart and also know a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. so in engineering, uh, Torres shows Janeway the evidence that the sensor logs on the shuttlecraft weren't damaged by the attack. Uh, someone erased them and made it look like they were damaged by the attack. Uh, the logs indicate that there was no other ship and that the energy discharge came from the nebula itself. And Janeway wonders why Tuvok's lying. Uh, Torres says, oh, it must be the alien taking over Tuvok. Voyager arrives at the nebula on the bridge. Janeway asks Tuvok to lay in a course following the non-existent ship's ion trail. Paris rushes to the bridge and tells Janeway that he finished the doctor's analysis on Kess's injuries, and it was a Vulcan ner- neck pinch. Oh, surprise, surprise. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it was Tuvok all along. Yeah. Janeway points out that the alien keeps going after Tuvok. Tuvok says she's being paranoid. Um, she says she can't see the ion trail, and uh, Tuvok says, oh, here it is. You gotta look on this frequency. You gotta look on this screen that I've been working on. Yeah, conveniently. <laughs> and then Janeway points out, well, according to these readings, this Ion Trail is a ship that has no engines. Yeah, she says there's no subspace distortions in the wake yeah. of the ship, so there must not be any engines on this ship. Janeway tells Kim to revert course, and Tuvok pulls out his phaser. Uh, Tuvok says... Uh, that Janeway's been possessed, and they must go into the nebula, so Kim has to decide whose orders to follow, and of course, who follows Janeway's. Yeah, I mean, she has kind of, you know, helped him out uh, a few times now <laughs> when he's been in peril, which has been a lot. Yeah. Uh, Tuvok says his phaser's set to kill, and he'll, uh, and then he takes over the ship mm-hmm. and enters the nebula. He's going to use that cool wide dispersal blast again to basically kill everyone at once. On a separate console, Kim discovers that there are life forms in the nebula. And since the jig is up, the alien possessing Tuvok says, Yeah, I am an alien. We're these aliens called the Komar who live in the nebula. Uh, the spirit that's been floating around the ship, which, as we know, now is not the evil nebula alien mm-hmm. uh enters engineering possesses torres and uh ejects the warp core bold move yeah you gotta do what you gotta do yeah paris and kim they're kind of like the uh rosencrantz and gilderstern i mean making commentary <laughs> yeah 
they said, uh, why are there, how are there two aliens? What's going on? And then Janeway realizes that Torres could not eject the warp core by herself. She needs mm-hmm. command codes. Uh, she needs command code authorization to do that. And uh, she asked the computer who authorized the ejection, and it was Chakotay. I noted all of this happens without Tuvok being aware of it, apparently. Yeah. He's just so, he's so into high era taking over the Voyager. That <laughs> he's just not paying attention. Yeah. I mean, they're accessing computers and, yeah. you know. He, he basically said, don't, you know, don't try to turn the ship around or I'll kill you. He didn't say, well, don't go and do other stuff. <laughs> he say, oh, if you didn't want us to do that, you should have been more specific, evil, possessed, Chico- or possess Tuvok. Tuvok engages the emergency thrusters, though, uh, and they enter the nebula. Janeway confronts Tuvok, and he reveals that the Kamara want uh, neural energy of the Voyager crew. Uh, they'll be able to feast for, you know, years. Mm-hmm. Voyager is under attack by these aliens, uh, which gives Janeway a chance to turn on the magneton scanner, which disorients Tuvok, and then uh, Paris can knock Tuvok out. Uh, The alien flees from Tuvok's body and goes somewhere else in the ship. As the Voyager crew is trying to get out of this situation, they're being attacked by the aliens outside. Uh, Meanwhile, in sickbay, Neelix gets possessed by uh, this other entity, and this other entity rearranges the stones on the medicine wheel. Neelix calls Janeway and tells her what happened, and uh, Janeway wants to see the stones. Uh, Paris suggests that it might be a map, and uh, yeah, Chakotay is showing them a way out of the nebula. Uh, so they escape. There's a captain's log saying they got their warp core back, uh, and the doctor <laughs> is trying to revive Chicote. Uh in sick bay. Dr. Janeway and Torres are observing as Chakotay reawakens. The doctor is very proud of how he reintegrated Chakotay's consciousness with his body. Uh, but nobody cares. <laughs> and he says it would take about 10 hours to explain how he did it. <laughs> yeah. Chakotay talks about being disembodied. And uh, Janeway says, oh, you did a great job. And he says, I feel like I never left. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Ghost Chicote. Yeah. It's kind of like Ghost Dad, only with Chicote. This was a... It was a kind of cool episode, but it was very obvious what was... Well, not necessarily what was going on, but that the entity was not a malicious entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I figured out pretty early on that it was Chicote. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of like when I had this, you know, oh, Chakotay is, uh, is his neural, or is, uh, his basically mind energy is not in his brain. Um, and things were going on that seemed to be getting the ship off course, you know, like, no, don't, don't go back to the, don't go back to the nebula. Don't want to go there. Um, but yeah, I think I put it together at least about halfway through. Yeah, I don't know. Again, like, the Chakotay stuff was pretty obvious. The Vulcan nerve pinch was really obvious. Well, I thought that there was something interesting about this episode, at least. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on this. I, 
didn't think it was an awful episode, but I didn't think it was a great episode. To me, mm-hmm. it was just kind of in the middle. Um, but something that was interesting was there was a moment or two where there was kind of this little bit of paranoia um, about, you know, oh, the, the alien could take over anyone. And it really reminded me of The Thing. Yeah. Um, that kind of like, who can, you know, can you trust any of the crew members? And I think maybe if they had gone kind of more towards that end of the spectrum, it could have been a more interesting episode. Um, just in that, you know, oh, can we trust each other? Uh, sort of thing. Um, but it never really got to that point. No, it, I mean, everyone was like, oh, don't get paranoid. Don't get yeah, paranoid. Just, just don't relax. Get paranoid. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it could be anyone, but. You know, there's like a moment where Harry Kim is in kind of the officer's meeting and he spaces out and they're like, oh, oh, you were taken over by the alien, you know. Um, But he was like, oh, no, I was just kind of spacing out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I couldn't tell. Like, I couldn't really tell, like, is was he just spacing out or was he taken over by? But we know that it wasn't it it didn't matter anyways, because it wasn't the alien. And I think that goes to what you said, which is you realize pretty early that. That that whatever is is going between the character between the crew members isn't um, isn't malicious. So you're like, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, mm-hmm. like what happens. Uh, and again, the Vulcan nerve pinch was super obvious. So speaking of Vulcans, um, I haven't had trivia about any of these episodes in a while, but um, there was a one bit of trivia that I read that I thought was kind of important, and uh, apparently some people. Uh, involved in the production of the show what thought was very important too um was which is that it's established in the original series and i think a maybe a next generation episode that vulcans have this kind of inner eyelid thing of this part of their physiology that humans don't have that um one of the the, the benefits of it is it protects you from getting blinded hmm. uh, by bright light and so um there's at the very beginning when Chakotay comes back, uh, Chakotay and, and Tuvok come back. Tuvok says something about like there was this bright flash and it blinded me. And um, apparently this this point was raised in uh, some meetings before the episode was filmed that it's basically impossible for that to happen. And so uh, anyone like especially the doctor with any you know knowledge of Vulcan physiology would have been able to tell that that Tuvok was lying about that. Um, <laughs> and, and basically have realized that he was possessed by an alien. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, the other thing, um, while we were talking about it, I actually, uh, looked up the, uh, contest winner crew member. Um, and it turns out that I actually know this actor and probably maybe some people listening and maybe even you, uh, know this person too, uh, depending on what you've watched. Uh, his name is Brian Markison. Markinson, and he appeared um, apparently in um, four episodes of various uh, Star Trek series. Um, TNG, he was in one, uh, two episodes of uh, Voyager, and an episode of DS9. Um, I didn't recognize him because he has he actually had hair in this episode, <laughs> um, but he is um, probably most recently best known to. Um, people who are into science fiction series as um, the police chief, I guess he is, or the police captain on the show. It's a Canadian show that's on sci-fi called Continuum. Um, it's a time travel show. Um, and he's basically, he shows up in a lot. Of, I mean, I remember him from the killing. Um, he just, he's in a lot of stuff. And I just, for whatever reason, I think it was the hair. 
uh, I didn't uh, recognize him. But uh, he's going to be uh, coming up in, I believe, another season one episode. Uh, yeah, episode 14. Yeah, uh, it was interesting that they would just focus on this new guy, though. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind of like with, um, oh, what's his name? The the guy in engineering. The, uh, Lieutenant the, Carey. Lieutenant Carey, right. Like, he just kind of pops up every now and again and then gets focused on a lot. Um, but, yeah, so I thought, hey, who is this guy and what makes him so special? Um, I guess he, he actually also shows up on Caprica and um, in ba- Battlestar Galactica. So, um, I mean, there is some tie in there with uh, Ron Moore, uh, because he also appeared on Deep Space Nine. So, I'm, this probably none of this is interesting to <laughs> me, but I've seen a lot of, like, genre stuff that this guy's been in, so it's kind of cool to see there's some connection there. Um, so this episode was by Brandon Braga, uh, was written by, by him, and apparently uh, he considers it one of his weakest efforts. <laughs> um and I guess there was a lot of kind of behind the scenes disagreement over the direction this episode should go. Um, and the general consensus by everyone involved was that it just kind of, it's just kind of okay. Yeah, it was a very flat episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, at least though, it did not involve time travel and it didn't involve, um, uh, things like energy beings and space being alive. Although I guess that the, uh, the aliens, the, the possessing aliens were kind of like energy beings. Yeah, I mean, they were living in this nebula. Oh, it's always a nebula, right? <laughs> this is like, what, the third or fourth episode now we've watched where something has happened because of going into a nebula. I think they just need to stay out. Yeah, well, Chakotay was trying to prevent them from going there. but <laughs> Yeah, don't go back. Um, It also kind of reminded me of when the, I mean, obviously you and I play a lot of video games, but the the disembodied Chakotay first-person perspective kind of made me think of the game uh, Beyond Two Souls. Oh, yeah. You're outside of the, outside controlling, uh, oh, how do they they pronounce his name a little differently? Um, Well, controlling the 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 spirit in that game. So, Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, Yeah, because you think it's Aiden, but it's... Aiden. No, it's it's not. It's yeah, it's Aiden <laughs> because just because. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, um, uh, well, we've got to say, Kess was in this episode a tiny bit more than usual. Maybe mm. I don't know. At least they were using utilizing her kind of psychic ability a mm-hmm. bit, right? Um, and Neelix was back. <laughs> he was kind of... Okay, so I noticed something. I don't know if you picked up on this. But when Kess comes to talk to him and he's cooking, first of all, he doesn't stop cooking to listen to her, which is kind of rude, I think. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, her boyfriend is basically like, oh, oh, that's nice, honey. Like, yeah. He's like, you know, whatever. I'm just going to keep cooking. And then he... um she says something like, it was in my quarters. And he gets really offended. Like, like he's gone jealous again. Yeah. Like, oh, a sp- spirit was in your private quarters. Like, oh, I can't stand for that. <laughs> like a ghost is hitting on my girlfriend. <laughs> and then, and then later on, he, he, uh, he tries to convince, let's see, he tries to convince, I think, the doctor that, um, uh, that he's on to this alien and that uh, one of the one of the crew members had ordered their drink cold instead of hot. Right. And it's like, no, you're really not a good detective, Neelix. You're not on to anything. I have anything, I think that the doctor, once again, was instrumental in the outcome of this episode. 
I mean, he did reintegrate. I mean, think of the things the doctor's done. He has created holographic lungs uh, for Neelix. He has um, basically bartered a, a, a peace agreement between the Federation and the uh, energy creatures from the last episode we watched right. uh, in a first contact situation. And now he's successfully, I believe for the first time in Federation or Starfleet history, um, reintegrated someone's consciousness with their body. <laughs> I mean, is there nothing the doctor can't do? Well, he, that's why he's the best. Yeah. So anyways, I was actually at a, at a, a Halloween, uh, a, a post Halloween get together uh, the night before we were recording this episode and someone, uh, talked about how they'd really like to go to a Star Trek convention for the single purpose of meeting Robert Picardo. <laughs> <laughs> so we're obviously not the only Doctor fans out there. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, like kind of both said, it was, eh, it was just kind of an okay episode. Yeah. Um, hopefully next one we'll get a little... We're almost uh, that, though at the end of the season. Yeah, we've got uh, four more episodes. Next up is Faces. Uh, but yeah, as we're winding down on season one, uh, you and I have been talking offline about, Mm -hmm. um, the direction of Trek Trek and we're just kind of wondering, just throwing it out there. Um, would you, the listeners like us to continue Star Trek Voyager, or maybe we should try a different Star Trek show. Um, one that I haven't seen at all is, uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Or very little. I've seen very little of it. And, yeah, I've maybe uh, seen the first couple of episodes. Um, and I don't know. I I've heard good things, and I'd like to uh, check that out at some point as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could definitely. I mean, Voyager we looked at as being kind of one of the the maybe lesser watch treks, or at least in terms of, you know, what people consider the major, you know, really fan favorite ones. You've obviously got the original series, probably, I mean, this anecdotally, the, the, uh, from everyone I know, uh, their favorites, next generation. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot said about that series. Uh, and there's and a lot Space of DS9 Nine too. Love now. Uh huh. So Voyager, I mean, one of the reasons we originally picked Voyager was just because, you know, it's, it's one of the lesser treks and we figured probably not a lot. I mean, as we're doing this and as I'm researching the show, I've, I've learned that there's a lot about every Star Trek series out there. So there are tons of fans of every series, but just in the grand scheme of things, Voyager was, is, is kind of on a lower tier. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would be up for, for anything, I think. But, yeah, we need to kind of let the listeners have a voice here. So well, how should they, they get in touch with us? Just on, on uh, Twitter? Yeah, or? on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at the Justin Chang. That's Chang, C-H-E-N-G. And yeah. uh, you are? I'm uh, at Danger Penguin. So just like it sounds. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just hit us up uh, if you have any thoughts. Um, and if. You know, if we don't get any responses, we'll continue thinking about what which way we want to go with mm-hmm. uh, with this show after Voyager's done. Because yeah, the end of Voyager season one is is coming up pretty soon. Yeah, you said four episodes. I mean, we're definitely going to continue doing the podcast. So yeah, we just want to let the listeners have some say in what we do. Yeah, I mean, um, the reason I started doing Voyager, or the reason that we started doing Voyager, is because. It was not a beloved show at the time, and I just kind of went to revisit it and see if, you know, maybe it got unfairly treated or, you know, unfairly looked upon. 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm just kind of looking at it with modern eyes. And as we're revisiting the show, there there's a lot of good stuff that I didn't notice before. And there's a lot of boring stuff that I did notice before. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely seeing the reasons again why I stopped watching it originally in the mid-90s when it first aired. Um, it... Um, but apparently it gets better in, in subsequent seasons and, you know, with the arrival of Seven of Nine and things like that. Um, but Enterprise, I mean, that's another show where I, like, I, for the life of me, I can't remember why, but I stopped watching that, too. And so that would definitely be one where I would, would like to revisit and and see, you know, wh- how it holds up, if it holds up. Also, try Enter- to figure out also why Enterprise is interesting um, for a couple of reasons. Um uh, it's a show that I didn't watch at all, so it'd be, you know, or beyond the pilot. Mm-hmm. So it'd be something I would see with completely fresh eyes. Uh, it's also the only Star Trek show that is within the current Star Trek continuity. Because remember, there's the new timeline with the J.J. Abrams movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's in that yeah. continuity? Because oh. all that stuff happened after the events of Enterprise. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. So, well, let us know what you think, folks. Yeah, there's there's something to that. Well, we've got a few episodes, I think four more to uh Oh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely finishing off Voyager season 1. Mm-hmm. I mean, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening everybody. We'll talk to you next week with Faces. Faces. Hmm. Okay, it should be interesting to see what this is about. Is it just going to be, you know, Tuvok and uh uh, Chicote Ch- uh, and um, Captain Janeway just staring into each other's faces for 40 minutes. We'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Thanks, folks. Talk to you in a week. <laughs>